0: tonight, if you would, and turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew and chapter number eight tonight, the Gospel of Matthew and chapter number eight, Matthew and chapter number eight. We're going to begin our reading tonight in verse number 14 and read down through verse number 14. Twenty-two, Matthew chapter eight, verses fourteen through twenty-two, and uh, I'll begin on verse number fourteen. You join me on verse fifteen, and we'll read responsively uh, together, and then end uh, together. Also on verse number twenty-two. Let's stand together, please, for the reading of the Word of God. And I'm beginning at verse fourteen, and you join me responsively. Matthew chapter number eight, and verse number fourteen. And when Jesus was come. Into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. A uh, little interjection here. Peter was not a pope. He had a mother-in-law. <clears throat> and certainly nobody would have a mother-in-law. They didn't have to have one. And uh, so, don't laugh. Don't laugh. That's not nice. I love my wife's mother-in-law. And... Um, <clears throat> Verse number 15 together. Here we go. And he touched her hand and the fever left her and she arose and ministered unto them. When the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Now when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave commandment to depart unto the other side. And a certain scribe came and said unto him, Master, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus saith unto him, The foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And another of his disciples said unto him, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my Father. Ending on verse 22. But Jesus said unto him, Follow me and let the dead bury the dead. I want you to notice that verse number 21 identifies this man uh, as a disciple. And it says, Another of his disciples said, Lord, suffer, or Lord, allow me uh, first to go. To go and bury my father. That's a follow-up comment from verse number 19 where a scribe very sincerely says, I'll go anywhere with you. I'll go anywhere. I'll go anywhere with you. Master, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus says, well, I don't have any place to sleep now. You understand that. And we don't hear anything else out of the scribe. Then another man, the Bible calls him a disciple, said, Lord, let me go first. And bury my father. And after that, I will follow you. And Jesus said uh, unto him, follow me. Let the dead bury the dead. Now, that seems a little callous, doesn't it? But Jesus said, make up your mind. In other words, he said, make me you going to follow me or not? Are you going to follow me or not? I think there's more. I don't think this... Uh, I think when he said... Uh, let me first go and bury my father. If his father was had recently did, was dead, he'd be with his father and with the family. I think probably what he's saying here is that my father is at a life stage and he won't be here much longer. Let me finish this life stage with my dad. And then when I get to that end of that life stage, I'll be all in for you, Lord. I'll be completely committed. A lot of people are waiting for another life stage to be all in for Christ. Let me tell you something. If you're 8 years old, if you're 18, if you're 28 to 38, if you're 78, wherever you are, you ought to be all in for Jesus Christ. Amen? If you wait to you get married or you wait to you finish, get your kids out of the house or whatever life stage you're waiting for, listen, you be all in with Jesus. Amen? Right now. Right now. I remember a couple that uh, left the college Bible college to go to their first ministry. Get. I didn't know them personally, but I knew of them. And uh, they left Bible college to go to ministry. And, uh, and uh, they, they pulled into the town where God had called them to start their ministry. And were hit by a drunk driver and went off into eternity. Now, to their credit, they didn't wait till they got to their place of ministry to serve the Lord. They had served the Lord all the way through their Bible college training they served the Lord before that. They'd served the Lord while they were preparing for ministry and one souls to Christ and pointed people to Jesus and they had rewards in heaven. Amen. Don't you wait. Listen, young people, don't you wait till you get a little older that you be all in with Jesus Christ right now, whatever life stage that you are in. I want to speak to you on the subject tonight. I want to be a disciple. I want to be a disciple. Heavenly Father, we love you. We need you. Please uh, control my mind, my thoughts. My words, please, Holy Spirit, speak through me uh, and uh, and let your word and your truth be exalted and let it be just what thy people need tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, and you may be seated. As you read uh, through the Gospels, I, I was reading this passage. Um, actually, Stacy and I were reading it together, I think, in the car. And, um, and, uh, and I was uh, struck again by uh, these... Um, these, these words, the build up to what we read is just, it's wonderful. I mean, uh, here's a man in the beginning of chapter eight, for example, and he's a leper and he comes and, and, and worships the Lord. And, uh, and, and there came a leper, worshiped him, said, Lord, if thou will, thou canst make me clean. That, Would you like to be there? He said, Lord, I know if you wanted to, you could make me clean. And Jesus said, I want to. <laughs> I will. Be thou clean. Amen. <laughs> Don't you like that? Amen. You know, a lot of people wouldn't have anything to do with lepers. Lepers had to say, uh, call out and hey, unclean, unclean, you weren't a, a lepers uh, were uh, it was understood and required of lepers. Nobody want anybody around. They wouldn't want anybody to come close to them lest the leprosy spread, but, uh, but this man came and said, Lord. And some perhaps thought that to be audacious, I would imagine. And that day, this man said that, Lord, you know, if you wanted to, you could make me clean. Jesus said, reached out, touched him. I wonder how long it's been since that man been touched. And he said, I want to. And he made him clean. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Go a little further and here's a, uh, uh, Jesus in Capernaum and, uh, and a, a centurion comes and he says, my servant is homesick." And the Lord uh, and the Lord calls this man a man of great faith. And uh, anyway, his uh, his uh, 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 his soldier got healed. Amen. You read through. You you start uh, uh, earlier in the book, and all through the Gospels and through Matthew, you'll find Matthew five, Matthew six, Matthew seven. Jesus healing. Jesus is healing. Jesus is healing. There's three groups in the New Testament we find around Jesus Christ. Is one multitudes. The word is is used numbers of times. Multitudes came and heard him up in the mountain. The chapters that precede this, Jesus gives his what we call the Sermon of the Mountain. Multitudes went up in that mountain and heard him teach. Uh, he uh, fed the multitudes, the Bible tells us, uh, on two different occasions. One time we know that there were 5,000 men. And on another occasion there were, there were 4,000. Uh, and, and, and Jesus healed them. Uh, uh, you're in Matthew there. Look back at chapter 7 and, uh, and verse number 28 just... Probably uh, one page back for you, probably Matthew seven and verse number twenty-eight. Came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. Wow, wow, his teaching, and uh, of course his uh, his dissertation begins all the way back in chapter five, all the way through six, all the way through seven, and he gets done three chapters. Some of the most famous scriptures <clears throat> and some of the Jesus' most famous teaching recorded. In those chapters, and and, uh, and he gets done. The people are like, "Wow, wow!" They're astonished. They're intrigued, if you will. The multitudes uh, 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 were healed by him. The multitudes were astonished or intrigued by him. Uh, he, uh, the multitudes were taught by him. The multitudes, uh, according to chapter fourteen, verse twenty, were fed by him. We're in, uh, uh, go to chapter nine, Matthew nine there. And uh, look at verse number, uh, verse number, uh, uh, eight. He has just, uh, uh, just healed, uh, uh, a man, uh, that couldn't walk. And he says, arise and walk in verse number eight. And when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, which had given such power unto men. And so the multitudes heard Him teach and the multitudes saw Him healed and many were healed by Him. The multitudes were astonished at His teaching. The multitudes were were, were marveled at at His power and the multitudes uh, glorified God when they saw His power. The multitudes were fed by Him and amazed by Him. And here in our text we read this... Verse 18 of chapter 8. Go back and look at it again. Chapter 8, verse number 18. Now when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave commandment to depart unto the other side. Jesus in our text departs from the multitudes. Four chapters later, you can read the words that he sent them The multitudes, He sent them away in chapter 14, verse 22. Jesus loved the multitudes. Jesus taught the multitudes. Jesus healed the multitudes. Jesus fed the multitudes. Jesus astonished the multitudes. The multitudes were marveled at Jesus Christ. Great, great throngs came, but there were times when Jesus sent the multitudes away and times where He departed from them. In those times of departure, there was a group that He had handpicked After a season of prayer and fasting and praying uh, through the night, uh, 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 praying through the night, Jesus began to select His twelve disciples. The word disciple means disciplined ones. These were men that Jesus tested their level of commitment. And if you recall, uh, Matthew the tax collector left a lucrative position and followed the Lord Jesus Christ you 'll remember that those uh, four of those men were fishermen and they had fishing businesses and family businesses and Jesus said, "Follow me and i 'll make you fishers of men and they immediately left their business behind, and they followed Jesus Christ with everything in them. Now take your Bibles if you would and turn to the Gospel of John and chapter number twelve for a moment, the Gospel of John. We use our Bibles a little bit tonight, the Gospel of John and chapter Number 12. We know that the multitudes followed Christ, were taught by Christ, marveled at Christ, were astonished at his doctrine, uh, glorified God when they saw him do great works, were fed by Christ, experienced his miracles. But we know also there are times when Jesus left the multitudes and just he and his disciples uh, were alone there We also know there were times Such as in Matthew 17 the, And the Mount of Transfiguration And in the Garden of Gethsemane Later just before Jesus went to the cross That Jesus would call from among those twelve three men, Peter, James and John The most prominent of the disciples Peter almost uh, uh, being listed first When those three are mentioned Peter, James and John And those men had some privileges That even the other disciples did not have and uh, they, they got to be up there uh, in the Mount of Transfiguration, almost missed, almost missed it, but at the last minute woke up <laughs> and uh, and uh, they got to see the great marvel of the Mount of Transfiguration there in the Garden of Gethsemane as Jesus swept great drops of blood. They dozed off in sleep, unfortunately. Jesus wanted someone to pray with Him and agonize with Him. But those men were called in. Sometimes we call that the inner circle. Those three men. So you have the multitudes, and you have the twelve, and you have the three. Now look with me, if you would, at John, in chapter number 12, verse 1. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom He raised from the dead. There they made Him a supper, and Martha served but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith look at this phrase, one of his disciples. What's the next name? Judas Iscariot. Simon's son, which should betray him. Here's Judas Iscariot. He's one of the chosen twelve. Jesus himself called Judas unto himself. Now take your Bibles and go back to chapter 6 in John. Look with me, if you would, at verse number 59. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. He just gave a dissertation on the his 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 body and his blood. Verse 60, many therefore of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? By the way, if you go to a good church, uh, it, it ought to be hard sometimes. And the, the truth is, is, sometimes it's hard to swallow, isn't it? Verse 61, when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at, yet they're complaining about Jesus' message, he saith unto them, I'm sorry, fellas, I didn't mean to offend you. Is that what he said? No. He said, Doth this offend you? What's the matter? Are you, are you ticked off? What's the matter? Are you offended? Verse 62, what and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the Spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my Father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered them, have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? Not a deacon, a devil. Well, kind of the same thing, kind of. But anyway. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Here's, here's a disciple. And Jesus said in verse 64, There are some of you that believe not. And he names one. He said, I, Have not I chosen you in verse 70? And one of you is a devil. He spake of Judas. Iscariot, the son of Simon, for it was he that should betray trained, being one of the twelve. You say, why in the world would Jesus choose a devil to be one of his disciples? Maybe he wanted to illustrate that it doesn't matter how close you are to the things of God, you can still miss salvation. It doesn't matter how much access you have to the truth. You can hear the best teaching. Judas Iscariot heard the best teaching from the mouth of the Savior Himself that anybody's ever heard to walk the face of the earth and he still missed it. He still missed it. Let me give you some preliminary statements. Statement number one, you can be a disciple and not be a believer. You can be a disciple and not be a believer. Judas Iscariot was a disciple. Jesus Himself said so. Is that right? The Bible identifies them as so. You can be a disciplined follower of Jesus Christ and be unsaved and not be a believer. Here's a sad thing, dear friend. A lot of, a lot of lost people in their religion are more disciplined than some of God's people are that are born again. Wouldn't it be a sad thing if a, if a cult, if a member of a cult read and studied their Bible more than God's people tonight? Wouldn't it be a sad thing if a monk in a monastery somewhere, trusting his good works to get him heaven, spent more time in, 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 as, in, as he knew how to pray, spent more time in prayer than you and I as God's people? You can be a disciple and not be a believer. Go back with me to Matthew now. Go to Matthew if you would. And look with me at, uh, at uh, chapter number 7. Matthew chapter number 7. Some of you know where I'm going here. Matthew chapter 7. And in uh, verse number uh, 21, Matthew 7 and verse number 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Wait a minute. Here are men, the Bible tells us, are those who named the name of the Lord. Lord, Lord, they said. They, 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 uh, they testified to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And the Bible said they will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And one day when they stand before their judge, they will say, Lord, Lord, uh, have we not prophesied in that, thy name? Listen to me. You can be a preacher. Uh, you can be a, a prophet of, of God. You can be a preacher and be lost and on your way to hell. Lord, have we not prophesied in Thy name, and in Thy name have cast out devils? Listen, you can exercise authority over demonic spirits. Those devils are are are, are little Satan's little imps. Uh, you can exercise spiritual authority over those devils, and you can cast them out uh, and never, and not be born again, not be saved. And some said, in in Thy name, have done many wonderful or or miraculous works. Let me tell you something, my dear friend. I uh, uh, doing a miracle. Uh, the, the Egyptian necromancers—they uh, did miracles. Uh, they threw their staff down, uh, uh, and, and it became a serpent. They—they they mimicked some of the miracles. I got news for you, dear friends. Uh, Satan has power. Satan has power. And yes, uh, 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 there, there are miraculous things that he can do, and I believe empowers uh, people uh, uh, to to do things. Sometimes, but let me tell you something: uh, 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 you can preach in his name, you can cast out devils in his name, you can you can uh, uh, preside over a, a service, uh, and miracles happen in that service. But God said there'll be some who stand one day before him, and his words will be to them: "Depart from me." Depart from me. I never knew you. He doesn't say, I knew you once and I don't know you anymore. He said, I never knew you. You can be a disciplined follower of Jesus Christ and be lost and on your way to hell. You're You're not a child of God. You're not saved because you're a disciplined follower of Jesus Christ. You're not saved because you 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 follow Christ because you're disciplined in your in your followership of Christ. That's not. Listen, we're saved because of the blood of Jesus Christ. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. The gospel. Paul said this. I declare unto you the gospel: how that Jesus Christ died and was buried, and he rose from the dead. Uh, he, uh, later on, uh, he said, uh, "I came not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. I believe in." baptism, I'm a Baptist preacher, but baptism is not part of the gospel. The gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if a person hears and knows and understands the death, burial, of re- and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and by faith obeys Romans 10, 9, and 10, and 13, uh, for, uh, 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 that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead... Thou shall be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. There's no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord overall is rich unto all that call upon Him. Uh, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Something interesting to me. I told this soul winners yesterday morning at the meeting. You go look up these new versions That pervert the word of God I listen, You listen to me very carefully I still believe Psalm twelve, six, and 7 That the words of the Lord are pure words As as, as, as uh, 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 purified seven times uh, uh, Kept by God uh, The words of the Lord are pure words As silver tried in a furnace of earth Purified seven times Thou shalt keep them Thou shalt preserve them That's the words from this day forth. I believe in the preservation of scripture Amen I believe that God has by His grace divinely given us a every word. Bible, man shall not live by, by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now, here's something interesting to me. You look up the NIV. You look at the New American Standard. You look up the New King James Version. You look up 9 out of 10, if not 99 out of 100 new versions of the Bible. And the Great Commission, which is going to all the world and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. You go and look that up in the new versions of the Bible. Here's what it'll say. Go into all the world make disciples. Now, wait a minute. I'm telling my message. I want to be a disciple. But the great commission is you go teach the gospel, baptize those who get saved, and then teach them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. Let's be very clear. The Great Commission is get folks saved, get them baptized. That means get them to the local church and get them baptized. And then teach them how to be a disciplined follower of Jesus Christ. But this watered-down Christianity, who makes fun of, of of aggressive personal soul winning, who makes fun of the simplicity of the gospel, and somebody preaches a death-bound resurrection and gives an altar call, they call it shallow and they call it easy believism. You listen to me. My Bible, my preserved Bible, says: go out, teach the gospel, get folks saved, get them to church, get them baptized, and then teach them. Which is, by the way, why you ought to be in a Sunday school class. Let me try that again. Which is, by the way, why you ought to be in a Sunday school class. Quit sleeping in on Sunday morning and come to Sunday school. Let me try this till I get some amens. I said, come to Sunday school. That's the teaching arm of the church. Amen. Teaching them to observe all things. Now listen, you don't have to pick between discipleship and soul winning. You don't have to pick between obeying the Great Commission and discipling. Jesus taught the multitudes. And many believed the smaller group He chose out. And I believe that's the start of the local church. It was empowered in Acts 2. I believe it began in Jesus' earthly ministry. Uh, a church is a, is a called out assembly. And He called them out unto Himself. And uh, anyway, those disciples, then there were three. Listen to me. I, I want to go all the way with Christ. I want to be a devoted, disciplined follower of Jesus Christ. But you don't have to choose between a soul winning and cell groups. You don't have to choose between a a pocket full of gospel tracts and talking to everybody that you can about the Lord Jesus Christ and growing in your faith. Two fine young men came and dropped off uh, uh, an appliance. And bright faces and kind. And and, uh, I said, Hey man, I said... "Uh, you know the Lord? Yes, sir. Are you say, yes, sir, I'm saying. And, um, and sometimes, and I thought, oh, that's wonderful. That's great. And um, I want to say, yeah, sir, so we uh, I went to Bible college. We, we both went to Bible college. I said, Man, that's great. And you know the Holy Spirit. They were the kindest young men and, and well-spoken, clean-cut, and the Holy Spirit bugged me. I didn't want to do it. I said, "Lord, they said they're saved. They've even been, they've been, been to Bible college." The Holy Spirit said, "You need to ask further." I, I, they, the, the door shut. I was inside, and Holy Spirit said, "Talk to them." I was like, "Lord, they're saved." Hmm. And I went, went out. I said, "Fellas, come here." And it, I, I guess they're probably in their mid twenties. I said, fellas, let me ask you a question. And I asked more specifically. Are you a hundred percent sure if you died, you go to heaven? Do you know that without a doubt? They said, Well, we sure hope so. We think we will. I said, How do you know that? Well, we're doing the best we can. I asked a question. I said, So if you if you if you stood in front of the Lord and, and, and he said, Why should I let you in heaven, what would you tell him? He said, well, That's a good question. He said, well, I tell them, well, you know, I followed you. The best I know to follow you. I, I try to live for you. Now, how many of you understand that's not the way to heaven? Right. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And I began very carefully to try to show them the difference between a work salvation. And he, he abruptly said to me, he said, well, you can't expect to go to heaven if you're not living for God. Now, let me tell you something. These are young men who'd been discipled. I don't know their heart. Maybe they don't know how to express themselves well. Maybe they misspoke. I don't know their heart. But if what they told me was true, they had been discipled, but they were lost. Because you don't go to heaven because you're trying to live for God. You go to heaven because you've been born again by the grace of God and washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus said in John chapter 3, you must be born again. He didn't say you must be born again and again and again and again and again and again and again. again. He said, you must be born again. And there's not three births there. There's only two births there. The water birth is the water of your mother's womb, not the baptistry water, the water of your mother's womb. That's the flesh birth. And then there's the spirit birth. You get born physically. Then you get born again, born a second time. That's when you're saved and you say forever. Amen. And that's the simple gospel. Men are sinners. Sinners die and go to hell. Jesus paid the price with his own precious blood. And my only hope to go to heaven is to trust God's mercy and grace to forgive me and save my soul. And when He does, He gives me eternal life and I have a home in heaven. Amen? Now listen to me, my dear friend. You don't have to choose between getting that glorious message of the gospel out and discipleship. What's happening, listen to me, what's happening even in good churches who use, I'm talking about fundamental churches, some of them have dropped, dropped the Baptist off. Some of them dropped the church off too used to be uh, in vogue, you know, to drop Baptists off or whatever identified you. Everybody wants to be generic. We don't want to offend anybody. It's like going to a grocery store. I, generic grocery store, there's no labels on the cans. It just says food. <laughs> Here's a dry food section, canned food section, cold food. It's food. Everything's packaged. It's food. Let me tell you, brother, if I want to go eat, eat a meal, me, I'd like to know what I'm going to eat. Amen. Amen. Now, you come to this church as an independent, fundamental soul. I remember standing out at the graveside of one of the, one of the uh, uh, years ago, one of the funeral directors, he walked up to me. He asked me like this. Okay. Uh, independent, I know that, soul winning, I uh, know that, a fundamental. Separated, what does that mean? I said, that means we we live Separate from clean things. That's what the Bible said? It said we're supposed to live clean, holy lives, separate from the world. He said, "Oh, okay." Fundamental soul winning, separate. King James Bible. Even Baptist churches have have waned in their people, like Jesus did. And we get them together, and we pour our lives into them. Jesus disciples, and we're not really doing anything for the cause of Christ unless we mentor, unless we get a group of people, let's 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 have a little cell group, let's have a group meeting. And I'm you don't you don't have to choose Christ, and you ought to be going after those converts and getting them to church and getting them baptized. You get him in a Sunday school class. Here's one or the other. Amen. Amen. Listen to me, my friend. I don't know. I don't know anybody's heart. He's, a, he's, a, he's on the West. Coast. He's been 40 years. Just celebrated 40 years of ministry. We met the progressive church movement. He said, He said, Now then. He said, We are not 25 years up in droves. He said, They're churched. They have some... He said, we are winning the progressive church movement, the children of churches 25 years ago. One of our, one of our men was saved here, was baptized here, in and, out, and I was sitting in the garage. After 45 minutes, I said, Man, you know what's right, you know what's right. Just easier. He said, He said, Pastor, do you know who's at this church? I said, No, I don't know who's at this He said, I tell you who's here. Oh, rock and roll church. <laughs> don't plan to. But I'm just telling that's a man who's saved it. 45 minutes trying to reason with a man. He finally said, Pastor pastor you want to know the bottom it's just easier that's what said it's just easier abandon the gospel aggressively getting the gospel out so we can get us a group of people I I, I need, we have a great commission, and we don't need to be less soul winning and less gospel track. We need a, a, a house full of people, a, a church that that go out with a heart. Or I die, please Lord, put somebody in my path and give me someone that you've been working on with a grandmother somewhere that's been praying over them and this for you and let me lead someone to Jesus Christ. And that ought to burn in your soul and burn in your. It's like having a baby. Your work just began. Amen. <laughs> just began. One whoa. That costs some money, doesn't it? Time and patience. Now, listen to me. I, 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 we, we could obey. You can be a disciple and not a believer. Take your Bibles and turn to John and chapter number 8. You can be a disciple and not be a believer. You can be a believer and not be a disciple. Then said... Verse 31. Then uh, verse 31. He that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life... It shall not come. Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the son shall not see life, but the wrath of God. disciples indeed. If you if you continue, I, think, I lost about eight years of file about fifteen years ago. I don't think I have it. A list, a personal list of people, as best I understood, that got out of church and why they got out of church. But passed the same test. Some quit and some kept on going. I'll be a disciple. Jesus said, "I know you believe on me." He said so in this verse. You believe on me. This the only begotten Son of God, John 3.18. You can be a believer. Believers go to heaven. Amen. Aren't you? I'm glad I'm saved. Amen. I'm glad I believed on Christ as my Savior. God comes by and He says He wipes all tears from their eyes. On judgment. I believe there'll be a lot of believers. I believe there'll be a lot of weeping. These are God's people. These are saved These are believers in heaven. God's people. Yeah. God shall wipe away. Verse 35. By this shall all men have love one to another. John 13, 35. Read it out loud with me. By this one to another. You love people. Do you love people? You can be continues in his word. A disciple is one who is known by others. Let me ask you a question. If we ask all men. If we ask all men. They said, Miss Herson. Would all men say, oh I Miss So-and-so. Boy, she loves people. Everybody knows Brother So-and-so loves people. He loves good people. He loves uh, difficult people. He loves easy people. He just loves people. That's what a disciple is. Woman. Go to chapter 15 in John. This one, I'm the true vine and my father's the husbandman. Every branch in me that notice one beareth fruit. He purgeth it that, that it may bring forth number three two you have the Christian who bears fruit and one that uh, uh that bore fruit because of God's purging. Now verse three ye are clean through the word which I have spoken, abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He, for without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide in iron, they are burned. Oh, how many wasted lives. Believers with wasted lives. Unto you, herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear disciples. Now to get you much fruit in verse number eight, we went through a state of fruit, and then we endured some purging, and then, and then, and, uh, then came more fruit in, in, in us, and we began to bear much fruit, until the Bible says we come to this, bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. Let me tell you what happened to soul winners. Say witness, 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 don't see anybody say witness, witness. Don't see anybody say. They want to get discouraged. Then one prays and receives Christ as Savior, and 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 and, and, and wow, man, God gave me a soul. Don't get anybody say. Don't say nobody gets to say. And then God begins to let him win another, and then another, and they begin to 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 bear more fruit. And then the Bible said God has to do some things. He begins to purge. He wants to make us more fruitful. You know, God's doing some purging in some of our lives. He wants to make us more fruitful. But then he goes on, and in this being purged and learning to abide in Christ, His words abide in us, our walking with God, being filled with the Word of God, and, and, and living in the Word and letting the Word live in us. Now then, we are bearing much fruit. And the Bible said, you want to identify a disciple? He said, I'll help you identify a disciple. But disciples bear much fruit. Disciples bear much fruit. I think about I think about people I've won to Christ, and they say, "Pastor, I'm coming to church tomorrow." Man, I'm so glad God saved my soul. And I said, "Man, that's wonderful." And I'm 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 picking up. Okay, that sounds great. I'll pick you up at nine fifteen. Oh, that sounds great. Nine fifteen. The lights are off. Banging on the door. The dogs barking and crickets. Man. Ah. Oh, so I keep going. And then, and then uh, uh, somebody else gets say, "Pastor, I promise you, I cross my heart, hope to die, stick a needle in my eye, I will be there, Sunday." And I'm so excited! So I'll be out there, standing right there in the portico. I'll meet you there, and 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 uh, nine forty-five. I'll meet you there, and I'm saying nine forty-five, nine fifty, nine 950, 955, 6789. This soul and this stuff don't work. <laughs> That's what flesh wants to say. And then someone comes, they get saved, they get baptized. They said, man, this is the greatest thing since peanut But i never been in a church like this. You're the greatest pastor ever. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, this is the greatest church ever. I love it. I'm going to be here till my dying day. And they are red hot for, for, for a whole month. And then they fall off the face of the earth, change their phone number, don't answer their door. <laughs> you talk about inferior, we're complex. How's <laughs> one quit? He said there's season of no fruit and fruit and more fruit. And then much fruit. You see, the disciples, they they get they listen, I don't care who you are, you're trying to give the gospel out, you're going to be discouraged. And and, and so, how many people try to spiritualize this thing away? How many people try to take this whole thing with we're going to make disciples, and well, you know, you're not really saved, you're not a disciple. Judas was a disciple, the Bible said, but he wasn't saved. And you can be saved and not be a disciple. Listen, we ought to do everything we can by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit with us everybody can and try our best to bring souls to Jesus Christ. But I don't want to just be saved. I don't want to just out, miss out on hell. I don't just want to be uh, go to heaven. I want to be a, a disciplined follower of Jesus Christ. I'm saved. I've been saved since 1979. But I want to be more than that. I don't know about you. I want to be more than that. I want to be a disciple, Amen. I want to be a disciple. Go to go to chapter. Go to Luke, the Gospel of Luke. Gospel of Luke. Almost done. Almost done. I'm putting the landing gear down. Luke chapter fourteen. Luke chapter fourteen. The Bible said, "If any man come to me." Verse 26, sorry. Look, 14, verse 26. Read it out loud with me, please, if you would. We're going to read verse 26 and verse 27 together. If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me, cannot be my disciple. You can be a believer, but you can't be a disciple. Disciples are so conspicuously committed to Jesus Christ that the people they love the most in the world don't understand their level of commitment. It was said of Moses, he thought that his brethren would have understood but they didn't. If you are a disciple, if you continue in his word and love one another and bear much fruit, and if your love for Christ is so great that it makes your love for your father and your love for your mother and your love for your wife and your love for your children and your love for your brethren and your love for your sisters, Look like hate. Then the Lord said. This right here is a disciple. He that bears his cross. And comes after him. One more verse. Verse number 33. Jesus says. Right. Same chapter. Luke 14. Verse 33. He says. So likewise. Whosoever he be of you. That forsaketh not all that he hath. He cannot be my disciple. I remember reading... I remember reading of those saints of old who gave their lives to missions. And a call went out to go to the dark continent of Africa where there was so little gospel light there. In the early part of the previous century... They, of course, took passage on ships to go to the continent, as did David Livingston and many others. But the rate of death of those missionaries was so high that when those missionaries packed their belongings to go on a ship to go overseas, they built their caskets and used their caskets as their luggage. All their personal belongings went in their casket. The death rate was so high. When those folks boarded that ship to go overseas to give their lives for the gospel of Jesus Christ, they had already accepted, I will give my life. And Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, you must forsake all and follow me. Folks, listen. Two things I want to say tonight. Number one. Let's not follow the fads of this world and abandon old-time religion sharing the gospel one-on-one, individually, like Jesus did at the well. And that woman said, if you, if you, want, if you want to never thirst again, you have to drink the living water. You and I, let's be personal soul winners. Let's obey the Great Commission. Let's, let's chase sinners down everywhere we go. Amen. Let's witness. Let's ask a dozen times every single week. If you die today, do you know for sure we go to heaven. But let's also remember, once we've done that, we've not finished our job. To win a soul to Christ, we ought to take them in our custody, we ought to pray over them. We ought to write their name down with everything we can. Do our very best to follow up with them and help them get in church. But if you if you bear some fruit and that fruit doesn't seem to want to grow, we doesn't want to be listen, not everybody gets saved wants to be a disciple. Amen. If that if that's true, we wouldn't be able to fit the crowd in this building tonight. But not everybody that you could be saved and not be a disciple. You can be a disciple and not be saved. But you can be saved and not be a disciple. I don't have control over who wants to be a disciple. Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. You follow me and I'll make something out of you. I'll, I'll change your whole way of looking at life. Your whole direction of life. Your whole mission of life will completely change if you follow me. That means you, that means that, that makes your love for, for your family look like hate. That means you bear your cross. That means you give up everything. You go all the way with Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know about you. I want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, but this church, listen, let's not lose our aggressive personal passion for souls and reaching people for Jesus Christ at the same time. Let's say by the grace of God. I want to go all the way with Jesus. Amen. How many of you saved tonight? Say, man, you're saved. Don't you want to be more than just saved? Don't you want to be more than just have your name in the book of life? Don't you want to be a disciplined follower of Jesus Christ? Let's stand together. Father.